Welcome to the podcast, Your Content Connection, Modern Content Migration Strategies for Microsoft 365. Your hosts are Jeff Willinger, who's joining us today from Los Angeles, and Rob Aldike, who is broadcasting from the Netherlands. Jeff is a cloud-first digital workplace innovator and Microsoft MVP. Rob is a project specialist with 26 years of experience in managing large enterprise projects in Europe. Together, they share unvarnished opinions from the field stories and project insights into the world of Microsoft 365, enterprise content management, and how to successfully build and execute a cloud-first content strategy. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Super excited to uh, talk about my actual favorite topic, creating the digital workplace. It's literally what I've been talking about for anyone that would ever listen to me. Uh, you know, what is this state-of-the-art workplace? Um, what do we need to know? Uh, what's the future of work? I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. How we're working today is going to be a lot different than we're working in a year from now. Uh, super excited to have my colleague with me, Rob. Rob, want to say a quick hello? Good day, everybody. Thanks for having us again. Thanks for joining. Super excited as well to discuss this topic. I've been working on it for so many years, so and it's always changing. So let's discuss this. So at the end of the day, Rob, when we're creating this digital workplace, why are we doing it? Are we doing it just as another box that we need to check? As organizations go through this, you know, if we're playing buzzword bingo, you could cross off digital transformation. At the end of the day, digital transformation is on every CEO's to-do list, but no one knows what quite to do. Really, at the end of the day, we wanted to enable employees to work collaboratively, and guess what? Securely, that's the S word, security, uh, avoid risk, mitigate risk, right? So adopt those technologies that equip employees to work from any place at any time, anywhere. Yeah, that's interesting that you that you stress that actually, because if you look a bit to how this all evolved, uh, let's say with the arrival of the first web-based intranets, you know, if you look at those, initially they were more like uh, a broadcasting channel, if, eh, for, for, for lack of a better description, by corporate communications, just stating some corporate news, some, some newsletters maybe at best, some more actual things. Um, then, of course, it started to become departmental. Uh, uh, we may have seen uh, kind of these internet maturity models uh, starting to emerge. You start from being broadcasting only to having a departmental place where you could um, exchange information, then evolve further and even uh, start to publish information to others, uh, create more corporate culture, and then uh, with also the advance of web technology, you would even be able to interact uh, in that space and it became more like a collaborative intranet. Now, since then, and we've seen the advancement of different vendors in that, in that area, IBM was quite prominent, of course, with Lotus Notes in that era from the 80s onwards. Then Microsoft entered with SharePoint, and we've seen Google enter the space much later on even. So where are we now? That's the question. So what would a good state-of-the-art digital workplace would look like if you now buy it from any of these vendors and, and implement it over sure. a couple of months? 
Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Rob, uh, deploying, you know, organizations freak out when you say the word social. We don't want our employees to be social. So you know what? I just substitute the word uh, collaboration. Let's collaborate. So deploy social collaboration tools to to allow employees to contribute around the world through solutions such as file sharing, Teams rooms, chat, and video. And then providing employees with cloud workspaces to access those critical applications and data securely and remotely. That's when the whole transforming, the digital transformation, the digital workplace takes place. And keeping those mission critical systems running in that, you know, a hybrid cloud solution like Azure uh, with limited uh, on site technical resources. I see that in almost every organization that I'm talking to. Yeah, I think, yes, there's a lot of stress on collaboration. And of course, it's online collaboration now. It's uh, staying informed, um, staying or becoming engaged, staying engaged for sure. It's interesting to see that now, uh, and we'll come to that, especially with the introduction of, of FIFA by Microsoft. There's also a stress on the well-being for the first time of online workers, very much driven probably by COVID, but uh, I think it's a trend that will last. So I'm really interested. Uh, I'm I'm really interested to see how that develops uh, moving forward. Uh, but finally, I think one of the things that has been neglected for for a lot of time um, still was a possibility, of course, with the arrival of portal technology, was to actually do your work, not just collaborate, but actually be productive, produce stuff using a digital workplace. I think that has been pushed to the back a bit. Um, I'm curious to see how, for instance, the robotization of processes uh, will become more and more incorporated in the digital workplace as we speak and without, let's say, end users having to switch environments all the time. So. Will we see the return of this enterprise portal again, where you can both be informed and engaged, you can share your uh, information, you can collaborate, uh, but also you can just do your work, be productive, all at the same time with a single platform? I think that that's going to be the uh, sort of secret sauce to uh, moving forward. At the end of the day, we're looking to get what I would call the... um, I don't know, I think I call it the four A's, if you will. Uh, At the end of the day, we want uh, accelerated adoption, advocacy. We want people talking about it, right? We don't want to do it just to do it. We want to do it with a real sort of purpose, if you will. Yeah, I I cannot agree uh, more. It's, It's very important that you have the focus and it's a fit for purpose. So I had a discussion uh, many years ago about that with a a prominent guy um, who had a real vision on what the next generation internet would look like. And um, the interesting point was that a lot of these initiatives focus on one aspect only. So it's it's really, really difficult, for instance, to uh, create that engagement. And one of the things he promoted a lot was I have to mention him, it's Tom Hogland. You can look him up. I think he works at Avanade still. Oh yeah, uh, I know Tom. Yep. Great guy, great guy. Uh, but he said, well, engagement is an important thing, but you should allow, for instance, people to be proud of the fact that they share information. 
because a lot of those early days intranets were not used basically or not kept up to date because there was no incentive at all to share information. Uh, you were not rewarded for the fact of doing that. Um, and, it, and it came to a few people that were really active on it, but it was certainly not a team effort. So how do you see that now, Jeff, um, when the tooling has evolved, when basically the way of doing HR in an enterprise has, has changed a lot? And maybe even in this situation where we're all forced to work online and, and try to, well, maybe that social aspect becomes even more important now um, um, because we, uh, we, we all miss each other so much. <laughs> you know, I put employees into three buckets and you'll probably agree with me. People that are listening to this podcast right now, I call those people the early adopters. Uh, show me something new and I'm in. Then you've got that third that, are never ever gonna go. They're gonna continue to fax things. That's how we used to communicate a long time mm -hmm. ago. That's for the younger listeners. <laughs> so we're gonna continue to fax things. We're gonna continue to uh, walk things over, mail things, FedEx things. They're just never gonna go. Then you've got that third that are the fence sitters. Sh you know, what's in it for me? Show me the money. Uh, the old WIFMA, right? What's in it for me? If they don't see value in it, they're never ever gonna go. So. My goal, our goal, especially at Zilio, now that we're building out our Viva practice, is to really build something that's meaningful where employees can come to get their news, the tools, everything they need, In, instant access to my news, tools, corporate knowledge, right? Expertise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have so much expertise, even within Zilio. How do I find everyone? I want to uh, have that platform where I could reach out and say, hey, Who's a SharePoint expert? Hey, who knows a lot about security? So how do you get people enticed to even share that kind of expertise information? How, how, how can you get them to create that or even complete that profile, you know? And yeah. I know it's, it's like if I do it on LinkedIn, I get incentives if I share more information, of course. Um, is that the way to go? You know, you need to take a step back and think about what's the culture of the organization? Can we actually do this? So many organizations, they say, hey, we want you to do it, but they don't have a platform for it. So you gotta think, is it coming from the C-level executives? Are the C-level executives on Yammer? Are they, are they tweeting? Are they talking about it? If they're not, it's really hard to build that if you don't have that initiative, right? Uh, so, you that that's where it starts, right? What do they so say? I guess there needs to be a plan. There needs to be an incentive. There needs to be a compelling reason to do it. Yeah. Again, what's in it for me? Why do I need to do this? If they really don't see any value, they're never ever going to come. So all I think about Rob when I'm talking about when I'm talking to clients is value, 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 and what's in it for me. I run. I don't love running, but the only reason why I run is because I like to eat so much. So I see yeah. value. Uh, they don't, don't get to be bigger than I am, right? So uh, employees need to see value in it or else they're just going to think, oh, it's another thing that I have to do. Indeed. Uh, so if we sum this up and we, we have in mind, let's say, the best digital workplaces that we have encountered so far, what stands out with them most? Gosh, uh, to me, that cultural collaboration, it's literally three things, integrated workspace strategy in place, collaboration fully integrated into daily processes, 
and then cultural integration. It's as simple as those three bullet points right there. Um, you know, of course, the other bullets, anytime, any, any place access, uh, standardization on collaboration platform, right? Uh, you know, how many times do we uh, peel back the onion and we see an organization might have, uh, you know, certain instances of SharePoint on-prem, SharePoint online, they might have Box, they might have Dropbox, they might have Google somewhere, you know, so you have to have that standardization on the collaboration platform for starters. They might have Slack, Teams, I mean, it's like I call that swivel chair technology, right, Rob? When you go yes. from one area to the other and uh, without anything really great. So, you know, to start this, I always think about, you know, I'm a huge roadmap guy. Uh, I don't know what your experience is with roadmaps, but I, I've been building roadmaps for 15 years. Actually, probably since I was a kid, I just didn't realize it had that term roadmap. <laughs> I know the yellow brick road, but that was all. You know? <laughs> no, but for sure. And uh, and of course, a roadmap needs to be revised from time to time. Eh? There cannot be static things like uh, your digital workplace cannot be a static thing. And it's true. And I think my experience is that if you, um, yeah, if you supply the proper tooling and do the proper, and that's very, very important, uh, organizational cultural change management around it, and you provide permanent support and stimulation, then it could work. If you do not do all of these things, it will be a great failure and it will be failure after failure if you continue to, to work like that. So yeah, um, what, I, what I've seen is that the, the workplaces that engaged people best in, in whatever way, you know, they were there to last because they became a favorite tool of, of employees and employers basically uh, in the heart of the company, uh, swiveling around, either communicating stuff centrally, collaboration, collaborating, uh, co sorry, collaborating effectively, uh, but also have a, have a platform to share your own uh, knowledge and be rewarded for that. Yeah, because uh, I did a roadmap for uh, a large medical instrument company in based in uh, the Twin Cities, Minnesota, and I remember I was in these, uh, I'd leave these voice of the user groups where at the end of the day, I want to find out, I think I know what they want, but until we talk to the employees, we're not quite sure. So I'm talking to them and I said to them, you know, what if we gave you in, uh, in Minnesota, Caribou Coffee is like Starbucks, right? It's a very yeah. popular chain. I said, what if I did this for you? Would you, you know, do that, blah, blah, blah. And they said, yeah, they would. And there's a big uh, steak uh, chain up there called uh, Murray's, which is, uh, you know, just a fabulous, classy place. So what we did is we came up with a little leaderboard. If people posted questions, they would get points. If they answered them, they would get points. If you added links, they would add points. Right. And if you added a, a picture or a diagram of some sort. So guess what? These people were very, very, they were incentivized. And guess what? It really stuck. Yes. Uh, even to this day, uh, their organization, you know, we didn't, it didn't cost them a lot of money, you know, no. maybe a couple hundred dollars a month mm -hmm. to get employees to collaborate. So really aligning business and then user needs up front and then prioritizing them and then really building that internal momentum. We have to get the, that momentum 
right? I'm a big crawl, walk, run guy. I told you earlier, I run marathons. When I first, when I ran my first marathon, I didn't just go out there and run 26.2 miles or 70 kilometers, uh, whatever it is. Um, it's really, uh, at the end of the day, it's really, um, uh, is what's in it for me? Why am I doing this? And, uh, you know, get that, get that momentum going. Yeah, I agree. The psychology, psychology of it is, is, is really uh, key to success here. Um, so let's close off this, this section uh, with that. Um, and let's turn to another aspect. So this area, this domain always has been quite dynamic in nature. There have been a lot of trends uh, with also technology improvements and um, and 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 evolve um, evolvement is it's basically the digital workplace is something really different than it was 20 years ago and um, now we have some recent things like we see of course the covid influence worldwide on ways of working um, digitization the adoption of digital workplaces uh, based on the overall digital wave that we have been seeing for the last few years in corporate ICT and ways of working and the whole digitization, even in business models. Um, and also the introduction of new tooling, like uh, we spoke quite a few times already about Microsoft Viva. So what kind of effects can we see from all of this, you think? Let's try to sum up a few from our point of view. You know, uh, Satya Nadella, the CEO from Microsoft, talks a lot about uh, building business resilience and I am super crazy passionate about it and at the end of the day there's like a wheel right uh, so remote teamwork security rapidly adapting and automating sales and service agile supply chain remote development cloud migration so it goes on and on business insights and analytics you know that's the new um, that's the new topics uh, within Viva. So enabling the people to do their jobs and really uh, and really get business value out of it, um, you know, that's really where the magic happens. Yeah. Let's let's zoom in a bit on these on these few you mentioned, like the workplace analytics, right? Uh, focusing on the well-being of people in a digital age. Um, how important is that? Is that more like a buzz or is that something that, that will stay, you think? You know, Rob, don't tell anyone, but I work out seven days a week. Ah. Um, so, uh, but of course now all our listeners are gonna find that out and uh, my boss is gonna find that out. If I don't have that, uh, and again, if we're playing buzzword bingo, work-life balance. Oh yeah. I could be sitting here at my desk for hours Yes. And that is that doesn't do anyone good any good because then I just you know a lot of problems happen then. Uh, I remember my old workplace, many many of the workstations they moved to a standing work uh, place or mm -hmm. even one that had like a little treadmill there. Yeah. Um, amazing idea. I don't know if I could do that because I get too distracted, but okay. uh, you know I need to. You know, when I'm done with this podcast, Rob, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go outside for a walk um, yeah. before my next meeting. Yeah. So you have to mix that in. So having wellness as part of it uh, is is a big that that's really going to strengthen the resiliency. So it starts with analytics. So it gives 
who, okay, probably your HR department insights into how the digital workplace is utilized and what the effect is on productivity and well-being. Um, what to do next with it? Can we expect that then the system starts suggesting that you take some time off or, you know, start to adjust your behavior? Is that something that we really want it to do? Because I can remember those tools that you had to implement or were implemented by your boss separately that every 50 minutes said you had to stand up for your chair and, and do some crazy exercises. And that's the first thing I always turned off, I remember, because I want to determine my own place. There's a tension between those, I guess. You know, how many times you go to a conference and we're all sitting in the in the audience? Well, I do this myself when I'm up on stage and on occasion I'll make people, you know, I'll put on a song and make everyone dance with me and I'll dance to the crowd and this and that. And, uh, you know, it's uncomfortable, but then after sitting for so long, you get up and, you know, move your arms a little bit, move your legs, your hips. I got to tell you, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's, no. it feels weird because we're not used to it, but once you start doing it, you know, again, you got to get up and start doing things. And that's just not physical exercise. That's really doing things that you haven't done in the past. Do you expect the younger generation to be more susceptible to this than the older one? Uh, I don't think there's a one size fits all. I think that um, in, in every case, I think that, uh, you know, like I said, there's not a one size fits all. I no, that, uh, I, can, I can imagine that some of the elderly will feel like this is like Big Brother. They're watching how I work, etc. So if yeah. I'm not enough, will I get a fine? You know, <laughs> I, heard those, I heard those sounds already. So uh, yeah, they're not yeah. too keen on, on on that. Hey, another thing I noticed was that uh, at least before COVID broke out, there was a trend where the digital workplace domain was kind of stretched towards, well, you had the trend, of course, of the introduction of IoT in the workplace, the smart buildings. And um, I saw a kind of holistic perspective emerge where the well-being inside the, the workplace, the physical workplace, was actually connected to the um, measurement of that or, or basically the connection to the, to the digital workplace, where it could be that um, both the building and the system would be that smart that they would know when I would start to work. So they would adjust the climate in my work area. They would reserve a parking space for me, etc. cetera. Uh, depending on the weather, they would adjust the climate, obviously, and basically adjust all the working conditions around me based on my personal profile. Um, I think I'm, I have to see it. I, I, it would be a pity if that would be dismissed because of COVID, like, hey, it's all digital now, so let's forget about the physical workplace. I guess uh, physical workplaces will uh, be there to stay, but maybe in a, uh, on a smaller scale. And then maybe that IoT revolution will help actually make those workplaces more effective. What do you, what do you think of that? You know, uh, I was reading a Gartner study on employee data and they were talking about remote remote work increases passive data collection, right? So um, I think that as, you know, this new digital workplace and this new way of working is sort of rolled out the new normalcy, I think that 
every organization is going to have to figure out what works best for them. I know Zilio, uh, we like to have employees in the office, but we also have a lot of remote workers. Um, is it more important? I mean, I personally love, you know, I'm a very social collaborative guy. I like seeing people, but there are a lot of people that are like, uh, you know, uh, I'm saving a lot of time by not going into the office and this and that. So really, uh, Figuring out what works best for each organization is uh, is going to be key moving forward. Yeah. Some companies have, have even uh, more challenges, I guess. Maybe they have a large mobile workforce. There's new trends like bring your own device that puts some stress on the ICT organization. Anything we can expect from that? Uh, um, maybe yeah. Should 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 employers actually stimulate working from home more, and should they actually facilitate that better? Uh, you know, I personally would like that, but I can't. You know, I can only speak for. I'm running the uh, Americas for Zilio, and uh, you know, we've got a couple of remote offices, but I would never make people. I don't think that they're going to be more productive. Um, I don't think they're going to be more productive. No, As, uh, I think the first studies on that are starting to appear and the trend seems to be that people actually are more productive when they work from home. And that's also because they take in the uh, the, um, the fact that they don't have to commute, right? That costs a lot of time, obviously, the traffic, uh, but also the stress levels are higher and that becomes uh, Oh, that that's part of the the social environment where you're with your family, basically, especially in COVID times. All the kids were still at home. And the wife was maybe also working next door, you know. So, not 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 sure how that will develop, of course. But for sure, um, the new normal, as 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 it would be called, will have a lot of impact, no doubt. Yeah, you know, uh, I was reading an Accenture study. I, I'm obviously passionate about the digital workplace and the, the future of work. Uh, this is super interesting. Who is more likely to feel productive and healthy working on site? Guess what? The younger folks, the Gen younger Z, folks. And, yeah. yeah, Gen Z and the younger millennials. Surprising, yeah. yeah, yeah. And who's more likely to feel more productive and healthy working remotely? Females. Uh, and uh, Gen Xers and older millennials uh, feel, you know, like us, right? And from a family perspective, that makes a lot of sense, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Then the work-life balance has different. So basically what that spells is that it's not a one-size-fits-all. You have to tailor your digital workplace offerings towards those target groups better. Yes, and exactly. That's kind of a mass individualization then, I think. Yes, I, I agree. Right. Um, so so looking at all this um, as an organization, how can you then prepare better or start preparing for this new digital way of working? Can we discuss a few topics on that? Absolutely. Uh, again, uh, I think that the future is really going to be uh, what I consider a hybrid model, right? Uh, like I said, I was reading uh, Forrester study, 83% of the workers say a hybrid model would be optimal. I, I agree. Um, so I what would be the impact of that then? Uh, should you really study, bring your own device, 
um, enabling the workplace from home better? Is that the focus you have to look at first? Actually, no. Asking people, uh, asking where people should work in the future might be the wrong question. A better question might be what unleashes a person's potential, enabling them to be healthy, productive, regardless of where they work. I mean, that's sort of the question that organizations need to, you know, need to work, right? Uh, productive and healthy workforce. We talked about that already. Um, Reimagining what this hybrid uh, working, it's at the end of the day, Rob, I see it being much more uh, productive. 63% of high growth organizations have enabled uh, productivity anywhere uh, workforce models, right? Um, and people haven't been negative about it. Yeah, do you also expect then, but that's a real, a much broader discussion that, for instance, the um, different types of contracts will change that you will have with, with your workforce, um, maybe even expecting that they bring their own tools even more, or should you focus on, hey, we need to bring together these more dispersed workforces now and try to standardize the way of working across them or, or both? I definitely think it's going to be both, you know, that hybrid model where it's definitely, uh, you know, it, people at the end of the day, the number one concern is security and safety. Yeah. Uh, so figuring out where and when uh, people go back to work is going to be, you know, and having that plan in place. I see the big advantage of working uh, online is basically that the physical barriers of working together are gone. Uh, at the same time, it poses some challenges uh, towards incorporating work of others like externals or temporaries, etc., cetera, um, who need to have access to the same information, same people uh, as your own employees, but there's the security bit. So, security, compliance, and we've seen a lot of stress on that. It's good to see that they're being implemented more seriously by the big platforms, I will say, with some differences, of course. So, uh, but it should never be, become a blocker, right? Never, I agree. Um, another topic there, I would say is, and we, we briefly touched upon that, is the, if there's a constant change now, there's a lot of flux, and I feel that the cultural part is being neglected quite a lot, like the essence of hybrid way of working to begin with, but also the redefinition of essentially how should we collaborate digitally, what is the um, good practice there, the norms, the standards that we should implement. Uh, is there something we can already get from the market, kind of a good practice, or is that still evolving? Is it in its infancy? What should I take as a reference now as a company? You know, I, I look to Microsoft. Microsoft is, uh, to me, obviously it's a leader with Microsoft 365 everywhere you look. And how they're doing it, I think, uh, figuring out what employees, you know, what the future looks like and really figuring out what are the just what are what are some milestones what are we looking to accomplish and really like i said earlier 
all I care about is the four A's, right? Accelerated acceptance, adoption, advocacy, figuring out where they, you know, meeting the employees where they are, having a better employee experience. Uh, too many times we just forget about, you know, we the employees are sort of the lifeblood of, of an organization and we don't, you know, they're, we're not inspiring them. We're really not. Uh, so it really starts at the beginning uh, when people are joining the organization. So a modern HR department, we don't even talk about it. Uh, no. HR has got their hands full recruiting, getting the best of the best. Uh, I was talking to a recruiter friend of mine. He said this is the second best time of his life uh, besides the tech bubble uh, back ah, in early to yeah, yeah. uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Absolutely. So it's crazy out there. Yeah, so for sure, then um, organizations should tap into the real needs of their changing workforce, right? So that's step one, really try to understand them and tailor basically their policies and tools uh, towards that primarily, while yeah, keeping uh, ahead of all the technology uh, improvements and, and trends that we see right now. So I did see a lot of good guides starting to emerge, both online and offline, uh, that at least give you some guidance on where to start and uh, kind of help you create that roadmap. At the same time, I see all these products and propositions evolve still a lot and all of the time, and we probably have seen only the start of that. Um, let's see uh, once, um, the new normal is playing out a bit more clearly uh, how vendors will react and i'm certainly excited to uh, to discuss with uh, with our prospect customers and existing customers on what it holds for them because i see a lot of confusion i see a lot of demand uh, on all these aspects and we can only try to gather the good practice on that and share back and uh, and see if we can uh, can help them uh, um, get to the next level, so to speak, or, the, or to the new normal in the end. Yeah. Um, you want to add some uh, some other bits, maybe, Jeff, uh, to close out? Um, sure. Sure, sure. Um, there's a difference between employee experience and employee engagement at the end of the day. Uh, someone that is engaged is really someone that is involved uh, you know, we do cooking classes at Zillio and oh, we do. I'm, not, I'm not saying yes. And I've seen some very interesting, uh, um, what's the right word to say? Very interesting interpretations on, on different types of meals. But I got to tell you, I don't care what it is. The mm. people that are involved, you know, we're helping each other. We're collaborative. Uh, we're, uh, you know, figuring out what works best, right? Um, so it's that employee experience is not owned by HR only, it's owned by leadership. Uh, it's, you know, employee interactions touch, they really touch multiple stakeholders. Having that sense of belonging, I'm yeah. not talking about wearing a Zillio t-shirt, I'm talking about living and breathing during your work hours and even your non-work hours, Zillio. And I, again, that's, way more than migrations, right? Uh, you know, that's why we're doing this uh, podcast on digital workplace, because we are, 
with the right Microsoft tools right now, I think that we have a unique, unique opportunity to really define the future, obviously, of, of our organization, Rob, at Zilio, but also help hundreds of other organizations in their journey as they figure out, you know, this future of work. No, I, I, I cannot agree more because uh, what I see is that if you talk about employee experience, I agree it's it's about creating and, and becoming part of and belonging to that community. That community feels really important and it can be stimulated in so many ways, but in the end, it's the community itself that has to make it sustainable, right? And if you give them the right opportunities, examples and tooling, yeah, that should be a should be should be a thing that they can uh, basically put in place. Yep. Um, okay, let's let's close off with that for today. Um, we'll be excited to take you on to the next topic. We will not reveal yet what it is, but be very close to this one. And I thank uh, the audience for participating and, and listening to us. And uh, if you have any remarks, you send it to the to the channel. And we can always have a one-on-one on -one on, uh, on, on, uh, or deeper dive on a certain aspect of this. And we welcome your feedback as well. Thanks for listening. Your content connection is produced by Zilio. If you enjoyed our podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or from wherever you are listening. Until next time.